0: Well a very good morning to you, it's Sunday the 2nd of August and welcome to St John's online virtual church uh, that we are hoping that you will enjoy, find helpful and uh, share with your friends and family uh, if that's uh, working for you. If you're visiting us for the first time online then welcome and uh, my name is Matthew Luff and uh, please do sort of get in contact and tell us how things are going on, find out if there are ways in which we can help you uh, journey through these extraordinary times. We've got just a little bit of uh, housekeeping, Uh, the office is um, offline this week, Uh, taking a little bit of a break which means that the daily reflections will come out but the daily update will not Um, and on that I will add some uh, zoom codes uh, because we need to just um, update those and the office isn't able to run all of the zoom meetings so there'll be new zoom codes uh, coming out uh, with the daily reflections. Also just just a heads up and we will try to get it onto the website as soon as we can uh, but the uh, church is shut for private prayer while we've got building works going on. You may have driven past and seen an amazing amount of scaffolding um, and that's uh, that's. it's just not safe to have people sort of in and out at the same time. So uh, we're closing the church uh, for private prayer during that time. Thank you in advance to Mel and Jenny for providing their prayers and for the reading this morning's uh, passage. And we do sort of hope that it's important to sort of everybody be involved and if you want to share if you want to share things that you've been doing things that have been going on uh, for you at home uh, then hey, do, do do that and we'll um, we'll upload that so we can all remember what we look like one day we'll all be back together um let's not forget what we look like now psalm uh, 17 verse 6 i call on you O god for you will answer me give ear to me and hear my prayer show the wonder of your great love you who save by your right hand those who take refuge in you from their foes keep me as the apple of your eye hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who assail me and my mortal enemies who surround me father as we gather together this morning we pray that we would be thinking about the wonder of your great love and how we can share it amen The New Testament reading
1: is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 to 13, in the NIV version of the Bible. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. Where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, A crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya and Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? some however made fun of them and said they have had too much wine this is the word of the lord thanks be to god
0: well i'm following through thank you very much mel for a reading Um, and it's it's a really interesting passage and obviously pentecost wasn't so long ago uh, but i wanted to ask that question is the church still powerful Uh, Pentecost is a great story about God breaking out into the world uh, and I wanted to ask a couple of questions about whether or not the church was still powerful. And so what we read and what we see in the passage is that the first church experienced the Holy Spirit's presence and his gifts in order to serve God. Uh, That was really important. It wasn't about just sort of doing stuff for fun. It was about serving God. And I think I've said before, uh, possibly in a children's talk somewhere, that words themselves can have power. If I said the word nits to you often enough, sooner or later, you're going to scratch your head. Um, likewise, if I said the word yawn to you, and I featured it in enough of my sermon, um, you would just open your mouth and yawn involuntarily. We know that these words have power. You would be compelled to scratch your head and or yawn, maybe both if I got it right. And we know also that music can change the way we feel because of what it suggests, the power of suggestion, the power of suggestion in the word nits, the power of suggestion in the word yawn, and the power of emotion and suggestion, if you like, in the music that we can listen to. But these first apostles experienced the real power of God's word. In Jesus' promise and in proclaiming the wonders of God and as we journey through the book of Acts looking at what the early church was like and asking what is it to be a Christian I hope we will learn along the way about the work of the Holy Spirit in mission in salvation and in us the church and so we begin here being equipped to serve in mission and I'm asking that question is the church still powerful And that's important because serving God actually has to involve God. It's not something that we can do particularly by ourselves. And in that passage, in that event at Pentecost, the the disciples, the early church, the apostles experienced a sound like the blowing of a violent wind that came from heaven. In fact, the writer Luke is at pains to point out that the source of this power was heaven. It wasn't manufactured. He literally remarks, suddenly out of heaven blared a sound like the echo of a blasting wind. He wanted the reader to know that from the outset, the power of the transforming gospel comes from God. And this sound announces the arrival of the promised Holy Spirit that Jesus has said that they were to wait for. And his presence fills the room that they were in. And this might remind us of other stories of God arriving with power, like Elijah on the mountain. In that story, even though God's voice was small and personal and really pertinent to Elijah, lifting him, God's arrival tore the mountains and shattered the rocks. So the message is powerful because it grabbed attention and it meant something to the intended people. Then the Holy Spirit empowered the apostles' speech. He enabled them to declare the works of God in the gathered people's native tongues. Not a a spiritual tongue, the languages of their own nations, where they came from. Spiritual tongues is something else. Uh, It's real and it's important, but it's not what's going on here. And so they heard in their own languages, not the common Greek or Aramaic of the area, but the language of the nation they came from, the vernacular, if you like and the source of the apostles' message was therefore recognizable to those God-fearing Jews in Jerusalem who were there at the time. At first, when they heard the commotion, they came together to, to, to view, observe in bewilderment. But as we see, the source was the Holy Spirit. As we read later in verses 11 and 12, the apostles' message was drawing them closer to God. What we say to people really ought to draw them closer to God. We sometimes maybe need to ask ourselves is this something that's going to draw them nearer? How can I help them find God in this? How can how can this be an experience or a conversation that God can use? So that's important sometimes we may come up with our own ideas but here we see that god is at work in his people bringing people to himself it's like it's like he says in isaiah my word won't return to me empty it will achieve its purposes and we need to trust that trust what he's saying so there we i think we've spent many maybe many hours i know that i've spent many hours uh, with people holding them in what i thought was the crushing grip of theological reason only to discover that i've added another callus to someone who had heard it all before and was yet to hear God or experience God for themselves. That's important, and I'm admitting there that sometimes I try to argue people into the kingdom of God, and actually it's something he draws them into. And so I needed to be humble, more humble, and say, you know what, God, I'll let you handle this conversation because I know you love this people, this person, more than I do. So how do we do that? How is the church going to be empowered? How can it be powerful to serve God? Well, we notice it's only when the apostles uh, were in the presence of God that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and then things started to happen. The Holy Spirit came upon them to equip them for the task Jesus had promised they would do. That's one of the things the Holy Spirit does, he accompanied them and he helped them. They were totally sort of infused if you like, It it was like a fish swimming in water, it didn't know anything else. So I wonder does the church still have power? I think so but perhaps not as much as we could not in a greedy sense but perhaps because we try stuff on our own too much bill johnson once said uh, something along the lines of the church will only move in power when the half of the church that believe it has power live out life in a way that convinces the half of the church who don't believe it has power it's an interesting thing isn't it in other words if we believe the church is powerful we ought to live as though it is Living in power then means being familiar with the person and work of the Holy Spirit. That's what being filled is about. It's being in tune with God, that like heaven is open above you uh, because you're talking and thinking and, and praising him as part of your daily life. And if we want to serve then our Heavenly Father God, we learn best by following the Holy Spirit's lead. I think I've hinted already, but in my life, Like many Christians I've experienced a moment when something somebody said has drawn me closer to God. I was already in that position of wanting to know more, like the God-fearing Jews in the book of Acts, but nothing else was sort of ticking the box or helping me sort of make the next step. And I remember listening to a speaker, a chap called Paul Weston, as he was describing cleaning his contact lenses. Now I knew then when I heard it, I wanted to be made clean. I knew I needed to be made clean. But until then, I hadn't really thought I could be clean or thought it was important or found out how I could be clean. In fact, sometimes church's messages had made me feel just dirtier and grubbier and not worth, not, and not even possible of being made clean. It hardens your heart sometimes. So it was really surprising, especially given that at the time I didn't use contact lenses or even wear glasses, Uh, that the Holy Spirit was helping me understand that I needed to be made clean. I needed to be washed uh, by, by God and that was really important. I'm not alone in that I think. John Wesley must have heard hundreds of sermons in his life as an Oxford Fellow, but it was strangely on hearing the opening words of Martin Luther's commentary on the epistle to the Romans that he describes feeling his heart strangely warmed. God was speaking to him as not before. It's interesting, isn't it? God empowered those words just as much as he empowered and opened God's uh, that, that God-fearing man's heart. If it can happen for Wesley, then it can happen for us. It can happen through us, or even it can happen to us. So just this week, for example, somebody gave me a word of knowledge from God. They'd been praying and thinking about me and God had said something. And when I received what they said, I knew it was for me. My heart felt strangely warmed. The Holy Spirit was at work. They were in such a place that the Holy Spirit led them to say something that would help me and draw me nearer. Well, what a blessing and a privilege that is to be part of uh, this family of God uh, where he's, always, he's moving amongst his children and, and helping them grow. So I think that was really helpful. Thank you for that. And that seems to be the experience of that early church. And also many people who've turned to Jesus Christ as Lord ever since. And Paul understood this when he told the Corinthians in his first letter that his words had come with power. They weren't just empty. They were filled with the love of God. And I think that's important. And in their hearts, they knew in our hearts we can know which is the point God ought to be in our service to him so that we can touch the hearts of those we serve he empowers us to serve him perhaps in the same way he gives us faith to believe him and if we are serving by speaking about him he can be there in the heart of the speaker and in the heart of the listener that's fantastic news isn't it the Spirit is there John Stott used to argue, that, uh, used to say that when he was arguing with somebody about Jesus Christ, he knew uh, or he trusted that the Holy Spirit would be at work at some level in the person he was speaking to. So if we're serving, perhaps not by speaking or teaching, uh, but by helping others, then he ought to, we ought to be allowing him to direct our thoughts and hands so we minister the way that Jesus would, meeting the need, ask, asking the question uh, that will help them come forward and find out a little bit more about God. It was interesting wasn't it that the it was God-fearing Jews who heard that message, people who were already interested in the wonders of God. They'd heard about what God was like and now they were starting to see it for themselves. That's the pattern of mission isn't it? That a group of people in whom the wonders of God were present would be visible and encouraging and attractive and inviting to those who wanted to know more so i suppose if i was going to conclude this and i am but promise uh, if i want the things i say and do to reflect the father's love for the person i am with and if i want to see god draw them closer then i need to be walking closely with the holy spirit to be filled if you like with his presence so that when the moment arises i say and do the thing that god would do for them anything less is kind of my own idea And I think we've all spotted that my own ideas sometimes don't work out. But if we're walking with the Spirit, and if the wonders of God are part of our lives too, that that awe of salvation, that that wonder of prayer, that, that joy of worship, if those things are present in our lives too, then by speaking to, listening to, waiting on, and then moving in the Spirit, we can be filled by the presence and power of God to, fill, uh, to serve him, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Just as a, as a reminder of, um, before we turn to prayer, and Jenny, thank you very much for sending your, your prayers in for us. This is important, isn't it? If we're going to, if the people of God, are, we need to be focused on him And we said last week, didn't we, that that uh, prayer was that ongoing conversation in their daily life. And I think it's easy to get distracted. In fact, it's easier. It seems easier uh, in lockdown just to sort of wander off and do your own thing. But God has placed us here for for this time as much as for when this didn't happen. And there are things we can still be doing, things that we can still be mindful of uh, in order to nurture that relationship with him. So I have a confession here which I'd like to share and the response after Lord be merciful is forgive us our sin. Lord be merciful, forgive us our sin. Lord God our maker and our redeemer, this is your world and we are your people. Come among us and save us. We have willfully misused your gifts of creation for our own ends and not yours. Lord be merciful, forgive us our sin. We have seen the injustice and ill-treatment of others and have not stood by them or gone to their aid. Lord be merciful, forgive us our sin. We have condoned evil and dishonesty, we have failed to strive for justice and hidden the truth in our hearts. Lord, be merciful, forgive us our sin. We have heard the good news of Christ, but we have failed to share it with others. Lord, be merciful, forgive us our sin. We have not loved you with all of our heart, nor have we loved our neighbours as ourselves. Lord, be merciful, forgive us our sin. May God, who loved the world so much that he sent his Son to be our Saviour, forgive us our sins and make us holy to serve him in the world, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Grace and peace to you.
2: Lord, pour out your Spirit, on our families and neighbourhood, and give us the same boldness you gave to the early disciples, so that we might share the gospel of salvation to all people. Almighty God, creator of all things, we give you thanks for the resources of our world, for the wonders and mysteries of the universe, Lord, help us to use wisely all you have given us for the benefit of others and for the well being of the earth. Forgive us, Lord, for the way we have abused the planet. Encourage each one of us to play his part in recycling and using products that are not harmful to plant and wildlife. Jesus Christ, hear us and help us. Lord, grant that your church during this time of meeting, through the internet and other types of visual communication, might still touch the lives of those seeking you, and pray that they will be led into a relationship with you. We pray for church outreach and mission for all who teach the faith and pass it on by example, for all who are quiet witnesses to what they believe. Lord Jesus, hear us and help us. Lord, lover of all men, be a strength to those who are persecuted for their faith in you. We pray for all who lack basic human resources that we take for granted, for communities with poor medical supplies who lack food or shelter and are denied a proper education for their children. We pray for all relief agencies endeavoring to bring aid, sanitation, medical help, the millions living in refugee camps throughout the world. Jesus Christ, hear us and help us. God of love, guide the community in which we live, that during this period of uncertainty, we might grow in fellowship and understanding. Guide and direct all Who are seeking to build up our community life. We pray for all involved in education, that during this holiday period safety measures might be put in place in our schools to enable all our children to return to the classroom in September. We thank you for all who have continued to work during the pandemic and ensure that their streets are clean and refuse collected. May we never undervalue their contribution to our society. Jesus Christ, hear us and help us. And Lord, we pray for all who suffer through the cruelty of others, for all who have no confidence in themselves or in the world. We pray for all who find making relationships difficult. We remember the lonely and those who have been rejected or feel betrayed. We pray for all who are in trouble, need or sickness. We remember especially those known to us personally and our members of our church family. Lord Jesus, we just commit these, our prayers, to you. In the name of Jesus Christ.
0: Amen. I'm just going to conclude uh, this morning's uh, time together with this prayer, which I've been using a lot and we're starting to become familiar with it, but it reminds me of that call upon us. That what we're asked to do is to be his people on earth. Father, help me to live this day to the full, being true to you in every way. Jesus, help me to give myself away to others, being kind to everyone I meet. Spirit, help me to seek the lost, proclaiming Christ in all I do and say. Amen.